So I want to just continue, kind of continue the series that we were talking about, about, about a DNA of, of what it is that we often talk about here at Praise and, you know, whether or not praise is something that you want to be a part of. There's two things that I want to just cover with you today. The first one is humility and the next one is the next generation. And I could talk about humility forever. I spent a lot of my life in pride. And I would say that I spent the majority of my 20s and 30s with a lot of opinions and blind to the results that my life was producing. There was a lot of things that, how many of you, how many of you are married? Uh, have you ever had this conversation where your, your spouse says, well, you, and then you said, well, you, right afterwards? Well, you're doing this, well, you do this. I was really good at that. Or if my wife would ask me to pick something up, I would, my eyes would kind of scramble towards the ground to tell her to pick something up. But what about this? You pick that up. And I'll pick this up. And then there's, you know, there's times in, in, in a lot of aspects of my life where, you know, I... Even like with my own kids, like, I, I, I'm, I'm okay with people like yelling at their kids, especially if the kid deserves it. You know, sometimes a kid does something that's a level nine. So you need to come at it with a level nine. But there's, there's just kind of times in my life where maybe I was tired and frustrated and at my wits end and they did something that was kind of a level two and I came at it with a level 10. Have you guys ever done that? And you came across too harsh in the moment. And the one thing that I've been trying to just stay open to is, is when I've come maybe too hard and sometimes you're actually called to because you're, you need to oppose them um, sometimes when they're doing things that are wrong. But there were times when I just came at them too hard that I would actually apologize to my son and say, hey, I want you to know that I didn't mean to come across cross that way. Because the worst thing, have you ever seen maybe a behavior you're not proud of come across that your kids do the same thing? L last night, Brecken was having a sleepover and Canaan, like outside in a tent, and Canaan was invited to the tent to sleep over. Then he spilled 24 ounces of water in the tent and then he got uninvited out of the tent. And Canaan's my six-year-old and Brecken's my 12-year-old. And I watched, I watched him yell at him, you know, for spilling his water. And I was like, that's me. I did that to Brecken. And those were the times when I came across too harsh just when he made like a small mistake, but I was just frustrated, you know? So... There's a, there's a real practicality to humility. And humility is a choice. It's not a fruit of the Spirit. And that's so important that you understand. Humility is a choice. It's actually a choice you make every day. How many of you would really appreciate the favor of God on your life? How many of you know the favor of God isn't on your life simply because you are a Christian, but it's an actual choice you make in a process with the Holy Spirit? And the Holy Spirit wants there to be more favor on your life. One of the things that I didn't understand about Christianity, when Christianity is boring, I want to say it again, when your Christian walk is boring, it's because you're not being trusted with more responsibility. The reason you're not being trusted with more responsibility is because you can't handle it. The reason why you can't handle it is because you're not humble. Because the responsibility he wants to give you, only you and him could pull it off. Only you and his favor could actually pull off the responsibility he wants to give you. But because he can't trust you, he withholds that responsibility. And then all of a sudden you get bored with your Christian walk. 
Like you were made to handle like things. You were made to steward things and he wants you to manage things well and he wants to reward you one day for how you manage things. But the most important thing that you can recognize is God wants to give you more than you can handle so that you have to be dependent on him to actually pull it off. I didn't realize this for a very long time. So I would get bored in my walk with God, right? And if you're bored in your walk, it's the worst. It's the absolute worst. But you were made for more. You don't experience the more. And heaven forbid you fall in the pride more. Let me just throw some examples at you. Here's how you could throw, like, fall into pride. You could. Let's say you, your spouse and you aren't doing well. And your spouse says to you, I want to go see a counselor. And, and you're like, I'm not going to see a counselor. I don't need to see one. Well, then go to the counselor and have them tell you right? Have them tell you that you're the best spouse that's ever existed, you know? Or like, if, if you own a business and like the business down the road is doing really well and you, maybe yours isn't, maybe you could just go talk to them and see what they're doing. You know what I've noticed about successful people? They want to help others be successful. Here's another example. Maybe, maybe, And this really hit home in the first service. Maybe you didn't raise your kids up in the ways of the Lord as you would if you had a second chance. And maybe you didn't model for them what it looks like to have a relationship with the Lord very well because you yourself were in a process. And there's no guilt or condemnation in that. It stinks that we're not fully done and then God allows us to have children. He gives us children in the midst of our process, right? And good thing that we're not actually their father. They have one father who is in heaven. And that's who's meant to be there for them. But we're actually supposed to model that pretty well to them. But you're allowed to call your children and say, hey, if I could do it over again, this is what I, what I, what I wish I would have done. I wish I would have modeled this better. And I wanted to apologize to you and just ask your forgiveness around that because, man, I just, I just really wish I could have shown you what a pursuit after God looked like. I don't think I was pursuing him too hard when you were young. So I just wanted to apologize. And if you ever want to talk more about that, I'd be more than open to do that with you. Like we're allowed to do that in humility, right? Humility is, 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 is pride is tied to laziness in Proverbs. So humility is tied to diligence. And how many of you guys know that it's, it's very cool Like if you can see, if this is point A and this is point B, that you would see a point B that you and the Lord would partner with and try to get there as far as results go, whether that's in your life, with your finances, with your family, in your career or whatever. But the Lord's favor rests upon the humble. And so humility is so important. Why? The other option stinks. It's opposition. The opposition of the Lord this, this is where we're just, we're just awful at this kind of stuff. So you have a log in your eye and you can't really see yourself. Not only can you not see yourself too well, but you can't see your results too well either. But you can see other people's poor performance so good, right? Because you have a, the supernatural ability in one eye to see the speck in somebody else's, but you have this huge log that's in your own eye that actually can't comprehend how well you're doing or not doing. Have you ever met somebody who's doing so poorly, but they actually walk around and have an opinion as if they're crushing it? That's us. That's not them. That's just us in general. Like we're terrible at seeing ourselves. 
but he gives a greater grace. Therefore, it says, God is opposed to the proud, but gives grace to the humble. And that grace, that grace means favor. And it's, it's not talking about just like a saving grace. It's not like if you're pride, you lose salvation. That's not what he's saying. Favor comes in four ways. Are you guys ready? The right people. When you get in relationship with the right people, it's the best thing that could ever possibly happen to you. In fact, the right people, I would say, is probably one of the most powerful forms of his grace. His power, his supernatural power is another. Finances is, is another and opportunity is another. If you're somebody out there who says, I don't feel like I have much opportunity, my goodness, humble yourself and watch it come. I'm having issues in finances. Humble yourself in your finances. Do what God says in your finances and watch it come. It's so important that we humble ourselves. In fact, if like, I, I know I taught a whole series on this, but remember how I kept trying to spell the word responsibility and we just, I just kept being humbled every, every week around that word. God gives us responsibility. How many of you are parents? How many of you would like God's grace upon your parenting? Yeah, I would. And so here's the thing, like, just because I am a parent doesn't mean I'm a good one. I want to humble myself as a parent and, and be a good one because his favor is upon me. How many of you know that I'm a pastor? That doesn't mean I'm a good one, <laughs> right? It just means that I am one. We'll find out if I'm a good one, right? But how many of you guys know as a pastor, I want to humble myself because I want to do this job with him, not against him. I've done that before. It's the worst. It's the worst. And he sends you the worst kind of people. <laughs> but we won't get into that. That's how he humbles ministers. It's so funny because in ministry circles, this is what we say, you, you attract who you are. And if you're prideful, guess who you attract? A whole bunch of prideful people. And if you're crazy... You attract a whole bunch of crazy people where craziness is accepted. Proverbs 16, 5. Everyone who is proud in heart is an abomination to the Lord. Be assured he will not go unpunished. That's the discipline. In Proverbs 16, 19. Listen to this. It says, It is better to be humble in spirit with the needy than to divide the spoils with the proud. And he's not coming against riches here. What he's saying is this, is it's like a good father always has your future in mind. More so over the present. He doesn't mind that you're in pain right now if it means a better future. Okay? My main concern for you is that one day you're going to stand in front of him and give an account of your life. And I'd rather have you in touch with that than to just try to make you feel good in the moment and say, you're fine just the way you are. Nobody in this room, everybody in this room is in a process, but I'm not fine with you remaining the same person. I want all of you to become more like Christ. So next year that you'd look more like Christ, that he would trust you with more responsibility because you humbled yourself and he poured more of his favor upon you. That's my plans for you as a person of this congregation. Not that I would avoid topics and try to make you feel good so that you could 
feel okay with yourself, I, this is what I would say to you. You can feel great about yourself. The God of the universe thought you were worth dying for. I'll say it again. You can feel good about yourself. The God of the universe wants to live with you forever. Amen. Amen. Therefore, you can tackle hard truth. Therefore, we can look at all scripture and say, he's on my side. He loves me. He thought I was worth dying for, but I am not okay with where I'm currently at. I'm going to become more like him while I have the opportunity. I was, I was just praying for a, a neighbor yesterday in the hospital, has a, a flesh eating disease and needed, needed the, um, the a good, good portion of meat was cut out of her leg to get rid of the disease. They had to cut out some of her leg. And there's this open wound with a vacuum on it. And she is such a, a, spirit, a, a spirit-filled person who walks humbly with the Lord. And I knew when I got there, that I was only going up there to remind her of the truth. And I already knew that she knew the truth. And when I walked in, guess what was playing? Worship music. Guess what was all throughout the room? Scripture. And there she is standing firm, worshiping God in the midst of this chunk of her leg missing. And I was like, hey, I'm just here to remind you of the truth. And she said, I I more than welcome it. And I'm ready to hear it. And everything I said to her, she said, amen. So whoever will humble himself like this child, he is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. There's something about humility that marks you that heaven can't miss you. How many of you would like to be, how many of you would like this to be the conversation in heaven? I have something I need done on the earth. Whom shall I send? he's going to send the most humble person into that situation. If he has something he wants to do at work, if you're the most humble, he'll send you. He's not going to send you just because you're Christian. He's going to send the most humble person into that circumstance. And I don't know if you've noticed this, but like humility works whether you're a Christian or not. We we can't even resist a humble person. When somebody models humility, it draws our favor towards them. I was talking to somebody who got into a bit of trouble and they said, I don't know what to do. I said, well, if you go up and apologize to them and then give, and then say this to them, not only am I apologizing, but if you ever see this behavior from me again, please point it out because I want to grow. No way will your job be in jeopardy. There's something about taking ownership for mistakes that requires humility that causes people to overlook the mistake and actually want to promote you because of your honesty. When my kids humble themselves, it melts my heart. And I want to trust them with more. In Mark 9, 35, it says this, and sitting down, he called the 12 and said to them, if anyone wants to be first, he shall be last of all, servant of all. We're, we're a uh, denomination. We're Church of God, Cleveland, Tennessee. In the Church of God, Cleveland, Tennessee, this denomination has its roots. Some Methodists and Baptists in the foothills of Kentucky were together. They experienced a powerful experience with the Holy Spirit. And boom, this denomination was born. And this denomination, you do not need a college education to become a pastor. Isn't that amazing? I was a part of a denomination where you did, and you needed a Master's of Divinity. So that's, I have, a, I have my college education, and I have a Master's of Divinity, and I did not need them to be a pastor in this denomination. So I went to the Lord because, you know, that was a good eight years of my life. 
And I said to the Lord, I said, I would love to know why I have all this education if I didn't need it. And you know what I felt like? No, I mean, it was useful. Don't get me wrong. And if I was more humble, I would have gotten a lot more out of it. But I felt like he said this, I wanted you to serve tables for a long time. And I was a waiter since the moment I turned 16 till the moment I got hired here at 25. I'd always waited tables. And there's something about serving that was a training ground for what God wants to do in our lives. There's just something about taking the lowliest place and that it just trains you into a place where God can trust you. I think you see this in the life of David. You, you see him being chosen over all his brothers. He was in the lowliest position, taking care of the sheep, meeting with the Lord, and getting to know God. You know, David had so much favor upon his life. That's how I know he was humble. That he actually went out, threw a stone at a giant, and killed the giant. Now, you might say, well, David was just really skilled. I don't think David was like a giant killer. I think the grace of God was on him. But the reason why the grace of God was on him was because of, of his humility. I think if he would have threw that rock backwards, it was still going to find the forehead of that giant. It would have hit off a rock and went. God's favor is powerful. So we're about humility and you might get sick and tired of me talking about it, but I don't care. I'm going to keep talking about it. Something else that we're about here is the next generation. When we moved to two services, we moved to two services because the kids' rooms were getting too filled up and we wanted them to have a better experience. And a lot of people donate their time to children's ministry. And I'm just so thankful. The Bible has a lot to say about this. I want to just read something to you. It's in Malachi. Steve Robertson, uh, our, our new executive pastor here, often says, if we can capture the hearts of the next generation, we'll capture the heart of every generation. In Malachi chapter four, he's talking about the end. And right there, he says, before the coming of the great and dreadful day of the Lord, he will turn the hearts of the fathers to the children and the hearts of the children to the fathers lest I come and strike the earth with a curse. There's something about when a generation says this, I'm going to make it about that generation. That generation then makes it about that generation. And then there's unity in the generations. How many of you have noticed that we have, um, I don't know how old everybody is. Do you guys remember, I don't, did you grow up with like a contemporary service or did you grow up with like an organ? Organ. And then we had a contemporary service and there was a guitar on the stage and people were like, oh, it should not be. <laughs> a stringed instrument on the stage. Give me the pipes. Well, how are those services doing now? Maybe good, I don't know. I'm, this is the only church I come to. <laughs> but how many of you guys know, have you no noticed... Um, there's, there's kids with cameras filming the service. Did you notice that? That's not for you. That kind of engagement isn't for you. It's for the next generation. And they, they like that kind of engagement. If they like it, that's what we're going to do. Well, why? Because it's for them. Just like that guitar was for me. And, well, we don't need, we don't need this or that. Listen, the message is never going to change. I'm never going to soften the message for anybody. But if the method 
helps a generation make them feel like they're important, amen. That's what I just said. <laughs> Be mocking me. So that's, that's just like what we're going to do. And, and the more we make it about that generation and not ourselves, the more God's favor will come and eventually their heart will turn towards us. And guess what we'll be able to deliver? Jesus. And then you get a generation that's passionate about Jesus who was able to be taught how to seek him and have their own encounter with him. And once you get young people encountering Jesus, like watch out. It's a powerful thing. So there's this, there's this spot in Joshua. I'm going to skip down to uh, verse 5. They're crossing over the Jordan. So if you can imagine, Moses has just died. Millions of people have died in the desert. The next generation has risen up. And that next generation, and man, if that, if that, how many of you guys know that God did not intend for a generation to die in the desert? If they would have, the reason why they died is because of their unbelief. If they would have kept their eyes on the promise and the promised land and told their kids, are you excited? Do you understand where we're going? We're going into the land of milk and honey. And God has promised us this. And let me tell you about God. God did this to the Egyptians. When they said, let us go, they didn't let us go. And there were plagues and he did this and he did this. And there was a fire like at night and there was a, a, a cloud by day that gave us shade and heated us at night. And God, I've seen God do this. He split a rock. There's manna on the ground. Yeah, this is who God is. And if, God, if that God said, we're going there, guess what? We're going there. Are you ready? If they would have said that, do you know what they did instead? I wish we were back in Egypt. They told the next generation, I wish we were back in Egypt and God could not use that generation. And heaven forbid we do that. But listen to this. In Joshua 4, 5, it says, And Joshua said to them, Cross again to the ark of the Lord your God into the middle of the Jordan, and each of you take up a stone on his shoulder, according to the number of the tribes of the sons of Israel. This shall be a sign among you. When your children ask later, saying, What do these stones mean to you? Then you shall say to them that the waters of the Jordan were cut off before the ark of the covenant of the Lord when it crossed the Jordan. The waters of the Jordan were cut off. So these stones shall become a memorial to the sons of Israel forever. This is, this is what God wanted to do. That, those stones weren't just for that generation. It was also for the generation to remember what happened. But they were there so that these stones would be seen and this generation would say, let me tell you what happened here on this day. That stuff is so important. Have you guys shared your testimony with your kids? Let's do it every year, Right? How easy is it not to share your testimony with your kids? Well, I'll just bring them to church. Well, I'll just bring them to church. And it's like, no, man, share your testimony with your kids. Let your kids know that God doesn't just randomly do things, but if you seek him with all your heart, you will find him and you will encounter him. Right? Let me tell you the ways that I've encountered him. I sought him with all my heart. This is how I did it. God encountered me in this place because he's close to the brokenhearted and this is what happened. And he's absolutely amazing. I don't go to sleep at night wondering if God's real. He's proven himself to me, not because I'm a special guy, but because I did what the Bible said and I sought after him. Kids need to understand that. So this is, this is what I, this is, this is so important. I, I, I grew up at a church camp. It was called uh, Wesley Forest. It's near Penn's Creek up north in the town of Weikert. 
Have you guys ever been? It's a very small town. And there's this place called Wesley Forest there, and it was a United Methodist church camp. And I, I, I was probably trespassing, but during COVID, we went up there, right? And we stepped back onto that place, and nobody was there. And I took my kids to the very spot where God called me into ministry. And I said, I was standing here. We were in the woods. I'm 50 yards off of the, uh, the outdoor chapel. Behind it, I said, right here is where God called me into ministry. And I heard a voice and it came in my right ear and I swung at it because it scared me to death. But it was the Lord. And he said, you will be a pastor. And they're sitting there just playing with sticks. <laughs> I'm like, hey, trying to have a moment. So I'm going to have to tell him it again. <clears throat> Psalms 24, 6. This is the generation of those who seek him, who seek your face, even Jacob. So if you guys have ever heard about like that Jacob generation, those who seek his face, like how many of you would love to be the generation that teaches the generation how to seek his face? Luke 150 says, and his mercy is to generation after generation towards those who fear him. If you want to know how to get involved in God's will, start asking yourself this question, what is God going to do for this next generation? And get in the forefront of that. Don't think like, well, God is probably going to do the same thing he did with us. So I'm going to set up the same thing for them. He's not setting up the same thing. They're a completely different breed of people. And God is going to reach them in a special way. And it's going to take the wisdom of God to actually pull that off. Acts 2.37 says this. Peter is preaching the gospel and they said, now when they heard this, they were pierced to the heart and said to Peter and to the rest of the apostles, brothers, what are we to do? Peter said to them, repent and each of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Now listen to this, for the promise is for you and your children and all who are far off. As many as the Lord our God will call to himself. That promise is for you and your children. You might do well to read that to your children. How many of you want spirit-filled children? I do. I, I, I said the other week how like Canaan got that word of knowledge about um, out, outside as a community or, or kids in the one uh, class, Kids Kaya go around and they pray for kids. And my son got a word of knowledge that somebody had cuts all over their face. When they opened the do door, right where he said the cuts were, there were burn marks, right? And I was questioning, I said, how did he, how is he operating in the gifts of the spirit without being filled with the Holy Spirit? And I felt like the Lord had told me, well, you lay hands on him every night. Because I said, well, who laid hands on him that this kid received the Holy Spirit? I lay hands on him every night. And I say, let, let him know your word, hear your voice, do your will. Amen. And my prayers got answered. This little guy's hearing the voice of God. And if you could see him, he's like this big and he's got paws. Like his shoes are that big. It's amazing. He had his feet up on, our, on, on the car. I went on a long car trip 
for about eight days. We were down in uh, Cleveland, Tennessee, and, and uh, he put his feet up, and I thought they were Brecken's feet. And here this six-year-old's feet are as big as mine. It looks like a hobbit. <laughs> it was cool. So this is, this, is, this is two of the things that we're about here. And I'm going to continue next week. I'll talk about um, identity and what that means. But man, we're about humility and we're about the next generation. And if you want to listen to what we're about, else we're about, you can go back and listen to the first uh, last week's sermon. But I, I don't know about you guys, but I, I want to pray something specific. So if you guys don't mind standing, if you can go ahead and do that. I, I, I know as a parent, there are, there are some things that I see in my kids where I'm like, oh, I know where they learned that from, right? And maybe it's not the best thing. And I, I just want everybody to know, how many of you guys know that there's no guilt, shame, or condemnation in Christ? And when you raised kids, you did it to the best of your ability. Some of us only knew what love was this much, so we were, we were only able to produce this much love when we were raising them. And I just want to say, well, good job. Some people didn't have any of that right? So of course, like the enemy's going to come and say, well, you could have done a better job. And it's like, well, yeah, no kidding. But I was in a process with the Holy Spirit. And, I, and I, in the midst of the process I was in, I was trying to raise up little ones. And guess what God's going to do? With every wrong thing I did, God has plans to redeem it. And he has plans to redeem it in a relationship with him. So this is all I wanted to tell you guys is that no matter what it looks like right now, God has plans for his kids. And thanks for doing the best job you could have done in the time when you had them. Amen? Amen. So like no guilt, no shame, no condemnation. And at the same time, you are 100% allowed to call them and say, hey, if I could have done it over, this is what I would have done differently. And I just want to just say to you, I love you. And there were some things that I could have done better. And man, I wish I would have. And if you ever want to talk about it, you can come and talk to me about it. Because how many of you guys know that on their end, the enemy is real. And his main goal is to get them to dishonor you so it won't go well with them. Right? So there's a spiritual being out there called the devil whose main job, and he's got minion, is to try to get your kids to stand against you to dishonor you so it won't go well with them. So some of you already know, have kids that aren't open to talking to you. Okay? No guilt, shame, or condemnation. The enemy's real. But I want you to know, even if they're not even going to pick up, you can still leave a message. And even... Whatever the enemy did, like this is what the enemy, this is what I would do if I was the enemy. I would take your worst moment and make it your entire parenting. That's what I would do. So I, listen to me, I have a, I've had a lot of bad moments. So if I was the devil, what I would try to do is make my worst moments who I was as a person and make my kids believe that that's what, the, that's what it was like to grow up with me, right? Or all the times that I came at him with a nine when it only required it two. Now, I might have only done that a dozen times, but in their mind, it's everything. And understand that. So when they said, well, you don't understand how, how it was like to grow up for me, say, I want to know. And when they said, well, you were mad all the time. Well, then you just say, I'm sorry. I wish I could do it over again. 
And the humility you show them is the favor they'll have towards you. How many of you would like favor over your kids again? You get to control that faucet with humility. Did you raise your hand? (laughs) You better start producing some of that humility. That's my mom. She's like trying to get favor over me again. You got it. You got it. You know, I, I went, I went, um, I went, I went to the Holy Spirit one time in, in regards to, cause my dad was in a lot of pain growing up. So he had a lot of pain. He was always grimacing and the devil would tell me that he's upset with you. He's angry with you. Well, he was just grimacing cause he was in pain. He had phantom pains in an arm that wasn't there. And I remember I, I had, I had unforgiveness towards my dad that the enemy had worked into me so that I wouldn't honor him so that it wouldn't go well with me. Right. And the Holy Spirit showed me this and he said, your dad loved you very much and he loved you to the best of, of his ability. I forgave my dad for something that he really didn't even do. It was just my perspective. And I love my dad. He's a great guy. He did the best that he possibly could. And so even if you have issue with your parents and you're an adult, ask the Holy Spirit to show you the truth because I can promise you the enemy's been showing you lies. And it's about time it start going well with us. And even if, it, even if it wasn't a lie and your parents were abusive, thank God, call no man on earth your father for you have one father who is in heaven. So Father, I just thank you. We thank you for our kids. Lord, remove any lies that might be in our heart that the devil planted about our parents. We want to honor them. Even if they're dead, we want to honor their memory. And Lord, we want it to go well with us. And Lord, we, we, just, we just thank you that we can embrace humility and we can take criticism. Um, because we have a God of the universe that died for our behalf. So our, our identity is found in you, not in how we're treated. And I just pray that everybody in this place would find more favor with their children so that we could teach them to seek God and find him. We want to have a Jacob generation, a generation that seeks your face. And Lord, so turn our hearts towards our children and let us model humility so that your favor could be on our relationship. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Bless you guys. Have a great Sunday. We thank you for watching with us. At Praise, our mission is to inspire, challenge, and transform people for generations to come. And we hope today's message can do just that. If you have any questions or would like to learn more about Praise, email us at info at praiseyork.com. If you'd like to support Praise financially, you can visit praiseyork.com slash give. To stay up to date with sermons, events, and changes at Praise, make sure to like our Facebook page and subscribe to our YouTube channel.